board. Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to Cannabis Karaoke, where we ask you to grab the mic and tell your story. Get inside info from today's most interesting cannabis pioneers, and from the first note to the end of the song, listen up as you get to hear the stories of success on Cannabis Karaoke. All right, welcome to another episode of Cannabis Karaoke. You know, we this is a weekly show, sometimes it's an every other week show, but essentially what we're looking to do is find the gems in the industry, people that can share knowledge and and information and build services that are going to allow brands to activate find money i'm kind of leading in my next guest um brian barbudo he is the founder and ceo at razzle he's got 40 plus years of experience in the financial industry and he's tackling what i think is probably the hardest component of this space which is the networking fundraising component and i just want to say so grateful we had such a I think just pleasant talk before we get on the air to really kind of understand who we are. And it's amazing in two minutes how much you can learn about somebody. And I'm just super honored to have you on the show. And And I'm anxious to share your message with uh, with our listeners. Welcome to the show, my man. Thank you, Danny. It's uh, great to be with you. And I enjoyed our chat thus far as well. So, you know, if you Google your name, you got a lot of accolades. You know, you've been you've been a busy guy. Um Tell us a little bit about, you know, break down Razzle's benefits um, to the industry and really, you know, kind of explain how businesses can benefit and maybe maybe a success story or two that you've already had. I mean, you guys have been, you know, doing this for a little bit, but share that with our listeners and, and kind of lay the groundwork of what Razzle is and, and how it services the industry. Sure, I'll do that. Uh, Razzle is, <clears throat> our tagline is, the business of cannabis and our vision and purpose is to come alongside uh, individuals and companies in the space to provide uh, the leg up that they need, whether it be in aggregating capital uh, to grow, uh, to start or to expand the business, to build the relationships with uh, one another that they seek in order to expand it's to provide um, kind of a one-stop shop for everything that goes on in the space from the time that you get an idea and you're just flushing it out. You go into our incubator plan if, and we coach you and work with you to help you kind of bake the model. And when you're ready to uh, find a site, we can help you with that too because we've got a real estate vertical and we've got uh, professionals that can come alongside and help you with your site analysis and your site selection and even your negotiation and acquisition and then the ultimate financing. So we, the goal here, as I say, or the vision is to really be a one-stop shop for everybody uh, in the cannabis B2B world uh, because we really believe in cannabis. We think it's time that the endocannabinoid uh, makes its way into the public and does all the great things that it's uh, touting to be able to do. And, uh, with the legalization of uh, recreational use, we want uh, people to be able to uh, grow their businesses and provide uh, that uh, source of uh, commodity in a, a holistic and healthy and vibrant way. Yeah, I noticed that you guys have you've definitely been diversified, if you will, in your in your kind of vertical acquisitions, whether it be real estate, whether it be whatever, it's, you know. When I listen to you, it's like, I go, yeah, this is exactly what the industry needs. How do you get their attention, man? Because I've been, I've done a bunch of different stuff as well and different, 
you know, verticals. And there's always this like kind of baseline expectation of what you can uh, demand or expect, I guess. How do you, what is your, I guess, let me rephrase the question. What is your thoughts on the cannabis space and trying to do business sometimes? Well, I, it's a it's a really interesting space. I get to meet uh, really interesting people. Uh, some of them are, you know, back in the day they were growing illegally, and they had the guts to do what they did uh, to make a living and to provide for their families the best they could. Uh, some of them have moved into the space and got legalized and uh, are crushing it and and don't have let's say the same kind of professional polish that uh, uh, sophisticated investors look for. So coming alongside them and working with them to help them kind of tell their story in a way that resonates with the uh, financial resources uh, is uh, one of the things that we uh, like to do. And then we've got guys that come out of the uh, bioscience, life science, and they've got a product that they believe could change the world, could, could cure cancer, can uh, treat cancer, can treat epilepsy and on and on. And these guys are uh, a little wackadoodle in, in their social skills, but they're really, really, they're geniuses and they're great people with a passion to uh, do something really fabulous for mankind and working alongside of them and helping them to get uh, their model put together and to get their funding. It's a pleasure. I mean, it's, it's a diverse group and I I'm enjoying it. I never, uh, imagine that the people would be as good-hearted as they are. Um, what I find interesting about the space is product and service is top of mind often more than profit, and I appreciate that. I like people who want to do a good job and they're concerned with you know, the client or the customer's response to what they're doing, what they're providing, more than they're just counting their dollars, and uh, that's been a really uh, a welcome uh, pleasure and uh, experience in dealing with many of these folks. Yeah, I think the ones that are, I mean, I, I'm a big proponent of, you know, spend the money to treat the customer right. And if you go out of business, then you didn't plan accordingly. Uh, but you, you know, don't go out of business being restrictive or not trying to give your best service possible, because that's definitely the first way in this space, you know, and it is, you know, the networking component has always been done on the ground, you know, whether it's been through cups or events or you were, you know, if you go back to the, you know, black market or underground market days where people were growing and selling cannabis, you know, without legalization necessarily, there's always been a really strong network. And as we see the industry grow from those OGs, right? The people that that don't know what the word data room means. Like, do you have a data room so we can check your financials? And then they're like Googling it while they're on the phone. But, you know, how are, what are you seeing with regards to the new guard that's coming in? Like you got these OGs that you're trying to help out and like connect the dots on maybe it's financial, maybe it's commercial real estate, maybe it's, maybe it's service-based stuff. Like you were saying about web analysis or whatever, you know, you're, you're a, I, it, what I hear when I hear Razzle, the thing that comes to mind is more like a hinge pen, the hinge pen to your success, you know? So how are you with, with this new guard that's coming in with, you know, we call it the freshman class. How, how do you, how are those, how is oil and water mixing? How are you seeing that take place? And cause those people are more expectant of a service, like what you're offering than the industry that built itself is, aware of the tool that you're providing, if that makes any sense. 
Yeah, that's a that's a, a big question. It, it deserves um, a lot of detail in the answer. I'll try to tackle it. The the facet of how these different parties interrelate and come together and do business that is a process. Uh, they have a they have a lot of commonality. I one of the things that I pride myself on is being not only a problem solver but a uniter, bringing people together. Used to uh, back in the day, I did a lot of counseling. Uh, as a as a uh, parent, a uh, home parent in my children's classrooms, and we get parents at odds with one another about something their children were doing that the other children didn't like. And the commonality is, hey, you guys love your kids. You love your kids. You you don't love your children any more than they do, and vice versa. You have that in common. You love your children, and you want what is best for them. And in this industry, the same thing. You love your product and you love your clients and you want to do a good job and you want to make money and that commonality it's a place where they can get to know each other and, and come to understand each other because it's true that they're they're basically came out of two school systems you know a guy who came through the college system and really became educated about business and the guy who went out and did it uh by his bootstraps and they do have commonality and when they begin to understand where they meet one another they can do business together and so that hasn't really been a big challenge for us. We see that it is a challenge at times, but when we bring them together, you know, we bring the parties into the room to into the deal room, um, and we start with the commonality. We get where we need to be. the The other part of your question about how how do you tell your story and how do you get out there? Same thing. If you do what you do and you do it well, the word um, it spreads. You don't need to. We we. At Razzle, we have a small team of less than 20 people right now. Well, actually, we're just getting ready to top over 20, but uh, we're able to do one thing well at a time, and we open it, and we close it, and we do it well with the, with the thought that if we perform and our customer appreciates our service, they're going to tell others about what we do. And we began to hold events and uh, share our story with people in the events, but more importantly, let them tell their own stories and be there to facilitate their storytelling. And it indirectly has allowed people to see what we are and what we attempt to do and how we attempt to do it. They like it. And as a result, the company is really uh, beginning to scale. And it's exciting from the perspective that we think that we're doing something that's beneficial. We're not just out to crush it, if you will to be the, the next big thing, but rather we want to do a great service in the cannabis space. One of my own investors said to me one day, I thought it was really poignant. She said, cannabis knows that it's cannabis time. And I, I thought in a way that it was a silly statement, but then as I drove away from our conversation, I thought about it. It was kind of profound. It's the time for cannabis. We've got, uh, it's, it represents and has the potential to be a lot of things for a lot of people. And it's time. We've got states uh, every um, you know month. We've got a new state that's uh, legalizing. It's inevitable that Fed will legalize. And it's uh, going to be a, a global commodity and a global enterprise. And I think that it's time uh, that it's treated with the professionalism that it deserves. And there's room for everybody. So you, I think you, <clears throat> that whole statement was really indicative of what I think will be, you know, we look back on the golden era or we look back on the whatever. As you look back in history, there's periods of time that people that have been associative to something that took place, you know, 
And, and I think we are going to see this, you know, I tell people all the time, it's a cannabis revolution. We're not just, it's not just a mission or a, or a, or an opportunity or a revolt. It's, it's a revolution. You got countries coming on board and, and you're very right. It, it is so many things to so many different people. Um, you know, you look at certain brands and, and you wonder why there's certain success with those brands and well, they've understood who their niche is, who they want to market to, how they want to posture their brands and they're working on becoming a brand. Um, I think the coolest thing um, that, you know, we both get to share in is that we're still really early. You know, this space is still kind of figuring it out. I mean, we got upwards of 30 states that either have it on the books or a medicinal or medicinal rec. And it's only a matter of time before it continues forward. You know, our partners to the South, our partners to the North, those countries, Canada's got a pretty robust market. Mexico's coming on here pretty soon. So it's going to be inevitable that every country is going to want a piece of this pie. Um, when you sat down, you know, you've done a lot of things with a lot of vision. Um, that's sometimes good. And that's sometimes bad. Being a visionary, I always tell people is a bit of a curse because the problem is you can be so visionary that you're so early that by the time you tap out the, the thing that you brought to the market is just getting going. So it's like, you always have to kind of pace yourself. And that's something that I kind of, when I, I'm doing a little bit of consulting in the space, you know, I do business consulting is in general, just from the years of my failures that I can share. And, you know, one of the things I always tell people is like, you got to have some patience and you just got to, you know, even though this thing feels like there's just gold falling out of the, out of the dirt, you, you still got to kind of pick and choose your battles. And, and I really feel like, you know, the next step to all these shows and, you know, gosh, for I'm glad to see, I'm sad to see some shows are going away, but at the same time, I'm glad because like you didn't know which show to go to. You go to one show one week and you just had a phenomenal experience. And then the next show you go to, you get it, you're walking it and it's done in two hours and you just spent the same amount for both shows. The next step I really do feel is this, this B2B experience and this opportunity to network go through a little bit of the process, like with maybe, a, you don't have to expose who it is, but like explain like people coming on the process they go through, like give us a little bit of insight on like what it's like to be a, uh, a member of the Razzle platform. The Razzler as we like to call Yeah. Them. The Razzler. You need to make shirts yeah. like that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Razzler and you just give them out to people that join. Actually the hoodies are on the way. Oh, I love it. And the jackets and the hats, the razor. Hey, dude, swag for some reason never gets old. People love swag. We we made one up as a joke, and people liked the idea of being a razzler so much that we have gone into mass production. It's kind of comical. I think it's a great. I mean, that's that's part of unfortunately being afflicted with visionary, you know, kind of capabilities. Is you starts as a joke, but then it turns into a reality pretty quick. <laughs> as long as the people. And what's in their best interest is top of mind. Sure. Things work. That that's when things work. When it sounds like you guys are having fun on top of it. Yeah, we are. We're having a we we have a blast at all the events. Uh, love meeting people, hearing their stories. Um, loved you know I was on the phone this morning with a gentleman, extremely intelligent, extremely capable, and extremely lost. And right. Uh, and you know, we we spent thirty minutes, and at the end of thirty minutes, you know he was thanking me over and over again with. Um, accolades you know finally somebody understands what i'm doing finally uh, i have a place that i can go and i can figure this out and i can get to the next level and that's that's really rewarding for me i mean I, and, the, and as is for the rest of the entire razzle team so our process is pretty simple we you come to us uh, with a vision uh, 
with an idea, with a fully baked deck, whatever. And uh, we work with you to position it uh, into the market, and we work with you to get the funding that you need in order to uh, to launch and to move forward. And the there is so much activity. You're talking about globalization a little bit ago. I 20% of my calls are from people out of the country, and I'm I've got you know translation. Uh, uh, barriers that I'm having to navigate. We've got people sending us emails that we're having to, to translate, you know, because the language is different. It's really been interesting, but it is a global opportunity, and it is it is scaling because you know the endocannabinoid has so much potential. You know, we're we're tapping into CBD, but there's you know uh, hundreds of others that are going to do amazing things, and I sometimes wonder if we're not in the pioneer stage of what in 20 or 25 years from now we'll look back and go, never in our imagination did we, you know, in our wildest imagination, did we think that we were actually bringing products into the marketplace that would change lives the way these products have and that would touch lives and impact people's health and stability like they have. Um, I've, I've lost friends uh, to cancer, as an example, and watched them suffer and introduced, uh, you know, cannabis uh, toward the end of uh, their process of navigating through that horrible condition and saw a glimmer and a period of time where they were lucid, cogent, confident, capable, communicative, and ended their lives with dignity and with confidence that other people um, sometimes don't get the, the opportunity to. And it was because of cannabis. I mean, it was the relief, the pain relief made them you know capable of getting off the morphine and they were able to actually have conversation before they passed and it was it was a beautiful beautiful thing to see and experience and to me that's just the tip of the iceberg and i went to a party uh, an event that was more of a cannabis party than it was an event a couple of months ago and you know back in the day in high school like probably everybody else smoked a lot of weed ate a lot of hash did a lot of things to get high and partied up um got in a lot of trouble, you know, was a wild child and uh, kind of gave all that up uh, in my early 20s at a kind of a turning point in my life. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from that kind of activity. But I went to this event and walked into a plume of smoke. <laughs> I looked at my wife and I said, babe, we're going to get high. And we did. And we had a blast. And I, <laughs> we, we, neither one of us had been high in 25 or 35 years. And we got high. Well, here's the interesting thing. Uh, we, we, had, we had to travel out of town for the event, and we were in a hotel. We got to the hotel and went to sleep. And I slept for eight hours, which is something I very rarely do because I've got two really bad legs, two bad knees, and I'm usually in a lot of pain. And I had no pain. And so um, my wife said, hey, we've got to start getting you a product that you can smoke. That And so we have. And I, I've done that. I've started treating myself. Uh, with CBD and a little bit of THC, and it's made a huge difference in my everyday life. So, I'm a believer uh, from the from every facet of it, and I I'm just so excited to be in the industry. I really am. Yeah, I, I think just it, and that's amazing. You know that it's funny. I've I've been smoking weed since I was about 13 or 14 when I found my dad's stash. In fact, by about 16, when he was teaching me how to drive, we were in a a little session he goes hey uh have you been stealing my marijuana 
<laughs> you know, and I was like, at that time I was selling two for fives at the store or at the school, you know, like just as extra, you just kind of like, you find it, you do a little bit, then you keep doing it and pretty soon it's gone, you know, and you know, you're going to get caught, but, uh, it's always kind of helped me with my pain. And, you know, obviously diet goes along with that inflammation. I think the plants helping us learn how to better program our bodies. Um, and there's to your point you made earlier, I went to a conference where it was all just medical people and I was a keynote. And I was the only person there without a PhD. Like everybody there was, I mean, the main guy from Israel was there. I can't remember his name right now. Like it was a heavy conference, like from the medicinal side and the things I learned, I went to almost every panel I could. And there was a lot of them and there were, it was a really well attended event. It was at uh, UCLA. And I just, that really opened my eyes at that point. Cause I got in to change the stigma. I had my own reasoning you know wife had a brain tumor dad passed from opiate addiction my partner tommy chong got rectal cancer and i looked at it all and i just saw cannabis base you know i'm, I'm leaving the nba and i'm going into this and i'm just going to dive right in because i want to educate and i want to grow but your point of looking back the things that are still yet to come out and the things that your network is going to help become facilitated i mean that has got to be part of your vision it's it's a very big driver and it and these like i said these guys that come in and with these products they're doing trials and tests not fda type trials but their own trials and it's really really compelling i mean it's exciting stuff and again you know they don't come in here with pro formas you know we're, we're gonna make a trillion dollars but rather we're gonna make a profit and we're gonna change lives right. we're gonna we're gonna impact lives and in a good way i got to see a video of a of a boy uh, with autism who in the video they showed a series of videos of different ages and basically the first seven years of his life he sat on uh, and self-soothed by slapping himself in the head and after the treatment of this particular product he began to settle down and moved into video footage where he was calling his mom mommy and it, it i mean I watched it and I literally cried. Don't, yeah, I was going to say, you better stop. <laughs> I'm going to start crying. It really, you know, I went home to my wife and I said, oh my gosh, I mean, I'm so excited about this company. Yeah. I can't wait to help them because they're going to impact lives in such a great way. So it is, it is way more than what the average person thinks. And we, you know, we, we have these events and people come and basically what I hear at the events is, oh my God, oh my gosh, I can't believe what I learned tonight. I can't believe the caliber of people I met. And I meet people that are just fabulous people. And then I hear their background. I go, wow, man, this guy was, he was black market, breaking the law, um, living on the edge, 12 years, barely making it, but providing for his family. And now he's crushing it. I'm not going to share who he is because I would let him uh, disclose that privacy rather than do it for him. But it was a it was a great story, and it uh, very exciting to be working with him, and very excited to see him succeed and to see him bring his product to market because it's it, it is very impactful. Well, and, and I won't want to beat a dead horse, but we know that the value of networking, if done properly, only exponentially increases and becomes more concentrated. Right? That means your main goal, in my mind, at least in where I sit is that Razzle needs people joining Razzle needs people activated within the industry, within the, the software and they need, you need transactions to take place. Talk a little bit about your growth right now. Like when you started, like what, 
has you have you met expectations are people getting are people embracing your vision are you feeling like that you're actually i mean it sounds like it i'm kind of leading you into a question but i really want to hear like the efficacy of what you're what you laid out right and then how that's uh activating with your with your uh audience we have uh, exceeded expectations uh threefold uh, we've been really surprised at how fast We've been able to gain traction and off market, offline. We've made a number of introductions that have uh, resulted in uh, funding that um, really brought it home for three different uh, parties. And we're just really grateful to the process and the people that uh, did what they did. And so from a scaling standpoint and from a, uh, you know, are we on target? We have gone way beyond uh, where we thought we'd be and i don't want to uh, disclose uh, some things about our future planning but we are growing and expanding our footprint and making our services available uh, throughout the country in a very unique way and you're going to see a much bigger presence of razzle in the next six months it's going to people are going to be shocked they're going to say how did that happen well it's happening because we've got great people who believe in our vision and believe in our process who are joining us all over the country and uh, even out of the country. So we're, we think we're onto something that's going to uh, be a uh, very uh, successful uh, outcome for us and the people that we engage. And we have, we're, we're not having any difficulty tracking people. Uh, the, the, the phone and emails uh, are blowing up daily. It's pretty comical. Well, and especially at a time where, and congratulations, by the way, that's really good to hear, you know, and, and I think even more so at a time where more and more people are now making that, like I coached little league this last year and I must have had like a half a dozen dads come up to me. Hey man, I know you're in the, in the weed biz, bro. How do I get in? You know? And you're just like, wow. Like, I don't know. Maybe you should have started a while ago <laughs> you <know? laughs> or you can write me a check. There's those two ways that you can do that. But even more so now your resources are such a, a commodity because as people are coming in that freshman class with money, with intelligence, maybe a cannabis, you know, aficionado or user, but not in the space, doesn't have those networking components that can't rub shoulders, can't walk up to Tim Blake or whoever, I'm just dropping names, but you know, they, they, you're going to be that Sherpa for them. Let's talk, I want to pivot though, because I think we've established that if you're not on Razzle already, you're probably blowing it. The, the thing I want to hear from you, and this is really kind of going to dive into your background a little bit is how, so this, the, the funding bubble for cannabis, right? I don't want to say it's popped, but it's definitely leaking air. Um, how do you, this is where I feel Razzle will really be beneficial because it's going to cut out all the BS and really make laser focused, laser focused opportunities manifest for people. What do you see? What's your hedge like on the space? Like, what do you think is going to happen? Ups and downs are going to happen, but where are we going in 2020? Well, you address that bubble. I don't think it's, it's leaking. Uh, definitely. We've got to account for that. This um, high valued IPO, model um, has really bit a lot of people on the backside and I don't think it was done uh, let's say with willful abandon or deceitfully but it was expectations were maybe unrealistic that's adjusting itself it's just a time issue it'll over time uh, cure itself 
the CBD products that are on the horizon are getting traction. They'll continue to get traction. They'll prove themselves effective. Uh, the, the That is at the very early stage of really beginning to scale. More states will legalize. Eventually, the federal legal will legalize. Investors are already beginning to jump into the space because, A, uh, the uh, investment opportunities are just too good to pass up, and B, because they uh, sophisticated investors see that the industry is going to make another transition later when big pharma and tobacco really um, make their play, and they will, and it'll happen, and people don't like to talk about it. Uh, they like to pretend it's not there and it's not going to happen, but it is. They're already involved in the space behind the scenes. They'll get more involved in the space. They've got the supply, the supply chain uh, that the rest of us don't have. And, and uh, the early exit from a lot of these little startups is going to be very robust. And I think the industry will begin to be um, more indicative of other industries, more stabilized and more accepted. It won't be, um, you know, a, a frowned upon industry or a, a, say a misunderstood industry. It'll be a credible industry that people recognize just like uh, all the others. And so the people who get in now, it's not too late. This is, in my opinion, the time to, to jump in. People who get in now in these small startups and in these companies that have a good brand, a good product, um, that is, that's, those are the, the companies that are going to be poised to make uh, very profitable exits in uh, roll-ups. And that is going to come in time with the federal legalization. I'm guessing that it's going to happen sometime in the next two to four years. I, I mean, you're already seeing people go to the stock exchange in Canada. And you got some people that are starting to take runs at the New York Stock Exchange, even though they may be penny stocks or over-the-counters. Um, you know, these guys that are out there that have been kind of the first people to take the risk, how does that impact, and this isn't having to do with Razzle, this is me picking your brain. How does that impact future funders though, right? Like they're seeing the likes of Canopy, you know, wobble and, you know, people getting in trouble for backdooring cannabis out or not passing regulations and, um, you know, certain chain of red themed cannabis uh dispensaries stock just continuing to drop like people laying off people doesn't that kind of create some sort of a feather in the space a little on you know people's bullishness on wanting to invest it does uh, but the the reality of what the opportunity is as it uh, translates from small industry to big industry people sophisticated investors let's say that have invested in uh, commercial real estate. They understand the translation. Uh, oil and gas, same thing, uh, same translation. So it, I think as I've had conversations with many, many different kinds of investors, uh, there's an awareness that it, that this is going to transition. And the, the big IPO issue and the, the big companies like the Canopy that's kind of wobbling, uh, it, they're going to survive. They're going to, they're going to, they're going to figure it out. And it's not going to be the black eye. It's not going to be uh, doomsday. And even if they were to fail, it wouldn't be the end of anything. It would just be the beginning of something else. I mean, a forest has got to burn down uh, in order for a better forest to come back up. And it will. And it's happening uh, in the mind and the hearts of these investors who have committed. I talked to a gentleman 
oh, let's see, it's been five, six weeks. He came to one of our events. Um, he said I was interested in a particular sponsor, so I just said, you know, that senior platform, so I came. Um, and then I heard him present, and I was about 90% there. And then when you closed and you explained what your vetting and underwriting process looks like, I decided to make the commitment, and I wanted to shake hands with you and say, good job, because your vetting of uh, my guy gave me the confidence that I'm committing a million dollars to him. And, and I think that that understanding that there is real uh, depth of understanding in his model that we've under, you know, in that particular case, we'd really uh, thoroughly evaluated the model and was able to, to report about what we thought. And we, by the way, we don't get involved in selling the security. We just introduce people to one another. We're not uh, taking success fees. We're not broker dealers. Our, our inspiration is not trying to make money and getting projects funded, but rather help people who want to get funded tell their story to people who want to invest and then giving the investors the ability to do their own vetting and their own, own underwriting, evaluate what we've done to be able to make an intelligent buy decision. That's all we do. And, and, and we don't get paid uh, any success for doing that. And so we're kind of neutral and it, um, there is a way to underwrite like licensure, for instance, uh, people get concerned investors that is get concerned that they're going to invest in this particular business and the guy is going to do something dumb like take something out of the back door and sell it across state lines are going to lose their license or they're going to break the law somewhere else and they're going to lose their license and there are now companies in place that we're working with uh, who do licensure compliance and that uh, requires them to evaluate uh, all crop production manufacturing distribution every ticket everything in the front door and out the back door and it's all monitored to be sure that the compliance is adhered to and that everybody, including the business owner, is protected against a problem with uh, uh, a licensure issue. So the, the, the process uh, for maintaining stability and monitoring things is being implemented, being perfected, and being implemented over and over and over. And it's just going to get more and more sophisticated, like it, as is the case in other industries and investor concerns will be mitigated. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you made a comment about the forest burning down in the beginning part of that uh, discussion. And, you know, we all saw the dot-com bomb happen. And then look where Silicon Valley's at now. Like, no one could even imagining that happening again. And I think that cannabis is going to have to have some failures. It can't all be pie in the sky. There is going to be people that, I mean, it's, it's rare that people that are first to industry have a high level of success or finish. If you will, usually the first are the first to go and it's the second, third and fourth that are coming through. But really what Razzle does is it, it provides a safe environment, slightly vetted, at least from communications and transparency to have those conversations and not just have them on the floor of a trade show. Uh, to be able to really kind of lurk or check out somebody or a, and like whether you're an investor or you're the person taking the investment, you can do a little bit of research on, on each side. And, and I think really the power of what you guys are doing is, is the kind of, you know, so many people say we want to be a lot of things to people. And I always get, get a little bit like kind of, uh, be careful of that shiny object, you know, like for us, I've always just stayed focused on, you know, kind of, making sure we're delivering content to as many doors as we can. And we stay out of the manufacturing of the product. We stay out of like any of it. You want it, you need someone to build videos. We send them to somebody. And so 
but inherently because of what you're building like it's more like a resource set that's available to everybody you're not really trying to be everything to everybody you're really trying to right. be a resource set to everybody right right that's that's well said and danny i gotta say i really appreciate that you did your diligence on the company uh, before the interview it's clear to me that you really understand our vision understand our purpose and uh, thank you for articulating it as well as you have because in some respects you've done a better job of that than i have <laughs> well i you know you're gonna get in the same position where you become i i I'd say switzerland but we're really just kind of like we're like imagine one person just sits at a bus stop and all these people are coming through the bus stop constantly sitting down talking to you that's what inadvertently that's the resource we have we ended up talking to thousands of brands over the last five years. We've talked to thousands of dispensaries. We've talked to service providers. We've so we've gotten to see from like a almost like a you know an inspection team who has no dog in the race. We get to kind of he- see and hear things. And when I see things come up, I'm a perpetual B two B guy as well. So my clients that we work with or people that ask me questions, I, I have a hard time not giving references if I feel like I have a resource for that. And I just, uh, I have seen a couple other people jump up to try to, you know, look, raising funds, let's just make this statement right now. If you're in the cannabis business, unless you're extremely wealthy, um, unless you're Dan Blitzerian, you're going to be raising funds frequently. And the hardest things about raising funds is that denial component and that kind of failure component. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I pitched only to be told, no, thank you. And, you know, when you then these kind of marketplaces pop up, but then like you were saying earlier, there's always this like kind of underhanded like transaction that makes you kind of feel weird. So then you kind of back off of it and it doesn't, it kind of loses its allure. Right. And so when you guys came on the scene and I was watching you and, you know, I, I talk with Dino, obviously we have a relationship and that kind of came to light. And I was like, these guys actually are doing it the right way and they need people to know about them and they need people to know about them in a positive fashion of not like, Hey, we're going to stick a hand in your pocket while we get you money, but we're going to actually facilitate. And then the benefit for that is that the reputation of what you're doing continues to evolve. And, uh, you know, you've evolved quickly and I think people are going to be surprised in 2020, um, with what you guys are going to be rolling out. I'm excited to see it. Gosh, Danny, thank you so much. Um, appreciate all the things you've said. Uh, couldn't have said it better. Is there anything else that you want to talk about with Razzle or did I miss anything? I just like, I just like to invite people to uh, come to Razzle uh, with the attitude of uh, exploration. Uh, look at what we have to offer and let us know how we can help. And we'll do everything we can. So to it's you. is that we didn't ever cover this, but is there a fee to join? I mean, is there? I mean, I'm leading you a question, but is like when if someone wants to check out Razzle, is there a way to do it without having to pay anything? You, you got to pay your electric bill to run your computer, or your or your phone. That's it. Perfect. So yeah. people, if you're listening, when you're listening, go check out Razzle, and we'll include that in the the little mini blog that we put out with the podcast. What are your What are your social handles that we can uh, have people go follow? You're asking the wrong guy. I will find them. I think it's. <laughs> I think it might just be at Razzle, but I will put that in the blog as well. My bad. I should have had that ahead of time. Um, man, you know, I really did thoroughly enjoy, genuinely enjoy our conversation before we got on. It was kind of right to the heart pretty quickly. And, uh, you know, 
I think that you guys have an amazing uh, service and tool set for the space. Um, I'm excited to be able to interview you and, and also kind of run alongside and, and hopefully get that wheel rolling as fast as we can, we can get it rolling. And, uh, it's been a pleasure today, man. And I just want to say, uh, I expect to see bright things out of you guys in the future. Danny, thank you so much. It's been a great interview. And I think that the, the fact we started on, uh, our roles as fathers, I'll just say that, um, it's been my greatest pleasure to be a dad. It's been the thing that's been the most rewarding for me. And although, um, I'm not, uh, father to anybody, but my own children, the people that come into the company, we take them on like family and we work alongside of them much like, uh, like you would with your family. And so it's a family environment here and we put people, uh, ahead of, uh, profit. Wow. What a, what a great way to kind of wrap our interview up. So again, everybody, we had a razzle and deep effect here. Um, and just really stoked to have had the chance again. I know I've said it a few times, but you just can't, um, they don't make them like you very often, Brian. So I appreciate you taking the time out of your day and uh, look forward to seeing you at MJ biz or Emerald cup or wherever we bounce into each other next. Great. Danny. Thank you for your time. And you're doing a great job and a great service for the people and just keep on doing what you're doing. It's fabulous. Thanks bro. I appreciate that. You have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. That's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this edition of Cannabis Karaoke, another kick-ass podcast about all things cannabis. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and our website, CannabisKaraoke.tv. And if you or someone you know would like to be on the show, please hit the Book Your Interview button on the right. Cannabis Karaoke, grab the mic and tell your story. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.